Metallica! And cue music. I don't know how many of you have heard, but there's a flesh-eating virus going around. Yeah, it's called music. Oh, yeah, we got to talk like uh, James Hetfield for this episode. Ah! Yeah. And like every <laughs> sentence with a ah. <laughs> Just a uh, nice little Sunday morning. Nah. Drinking a beer. <laughs> there you go. Drinking a little beer, having a little episode about uh, Metallica. Uh, speaking, I'll just throw this out now. Speaking of um, James Hetfield and like doing his like usual stuff, on the way over here, I remembered. Uh, that they actually recorded a version of that Ecstasy of Gold, um, you know, because they use that as their entrance music when they walk on the stage. But they actually right. recorded a studio version for, like, I don't know how to pronounce his name, Ennio uh, Morricone. Okay. Or Morricone. Um, well, they were doing, like, a tribute for that guy with a bunch of artists. And anyways, where I'm going with this was uh, their like, recorded studio version sounds cool, but James sings along with the music and it just cracked me up because he's like hey, 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 <laughs> like that like <laughs> like singing along with it yeah. it's just like over the top but i guess that's metallica so yeah it's funny because he just seems like <clears throat> as it's as the years have gone by i guess i almost feel like he sings almost like a parody of himself now yeah because he's always got that like I don't know. He's always got that uh thing at the end or whatever, whatever the hell I'm trying to say, right? And I noticed it a lot, like going back and listening to a bunch of stuff because I hadn't really listened to Hardwired or Death Magnetic in a while. And I'm like, fuck, man. Like, first of all, I think Death Magnetic is a pretty solid record front to back. Yeah. And, yeah. and I always did. I loved it when it first came out and everything, but I don't go back to it much. Uh, and I think that Hardwired has some really good songs, some great arrangements and stuff. I think it would just would have been more powerful if they would have turned that down to like a 10-song album. Yeah. But my point that I was going to make was, listening to those, I'm thinking like maybe the appeal or where the lack of appeal is, is James. Because I feel like he just sounds like that <laughs> on every fucking song. Like yeah. He's almost just like doing some kind of parody of himself or something. Yeah, and yeah, it's weird. Um, I can get that. Yeah, maybe he's kind of the weakest part. It of just the lacks the dynamic that you know. I don't know. Somewhere along the way, he just stopped singing the way he used to sing. Well, like and Justice for All, I feel like is the first album where he kind of got that deeper, raspier yeah. thing. But on that record, and on the Black album, like his delivery is still pretty yeah. cool, and there's some really good moments. But then, I don't know. Maybe it was during the load and reload thing. Uh, maybe his voice has just changed with age, and that's all he can do now, yeah. you know? Yeah, I almost so. kind of noticed something like that, too, where um, listening to um, live versions of songs or whatever, because I was trying to listen to studio stuff, but then I was like, well, what do the live ones sound like? Sure. And they almost, in some regard, some songs 
sound like better, like they're punched up more live. But then he's doing like like where I'm going with this is he's got that vocal style on the old song, so it's almost yeah. kind of jarring a little bit. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah, I mean they just kind of I don't know. The first four albums significantly sound different. Well, in the first five albums, because the Black album yeah. sounds significantly different too. Like just the production quality. His vocals sound just a little different on every album. And I think that's what's appealing about those records. But then now it just seems like everything always sounds the same. Yeah. I mean, as far as like those kind of dynamics, like they must have just, they found, I don't know, a guitar tone they like and a vocal. Yeah. Plus, maybe. I don't know how um, you feel about this, but maybe there's not a lot of longevity with metal bands, like just doing the same the whole time. So maybe he wants to, yeah, like you're saying, maybe like he's holding back or found some kind of level so he doesn't have to, you know, he can just stay, he can uh, scream all the time. So, you know, yeah, um, I don't know. Because, yeah, yeah, doing two hour shows, it's going to like blow out your voice too. Right. You think? Yeah. Maybe they're thinking long term. Yes. So how much of your list is Saint Anger? All of it? <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. One of the dumbest moments in metal ever. All I'll say about Saint Anger is just that like that was the first album that was like fresh and brand new, like it was released when I was a fan. Because I think oh, I came yeah. into like load and reload when those had just dropped and they were, you know, videos were on MTV and the songs were on the radio. But this was the first one that was like a brand new album of my fandom. So I was like totally like, you know, like ready to love it and stuff. And then I'm like, oh my God, like, like, I don't know. Like, I'm like, oh my God, <laughs> Whoops. Like, what happened here? <laughs> yeah, I mean, a lot of people are obviously turned off by load and reload, but I mean... I'll say this. I think Load has some really great songs, but I think half of it's turds. No. <laughs> just boring. You know, I don't know. Half of it yeah. was really boring. Half of it was really good. Really good songwriting. Some of their best, but not necessarily so some of my favorites. So you're saying maybe if they had but... trimmed it up into like a Load and Reload, just one um, album instead yeah. of a double? because there's easily a couple songs that could just be taken off of fucking Load. I mean, half of them, you know. I don't know if there's half... <laughs> if there's enough good songs to make up for that half from Reload, but there's a couple. I mean, there were a couple that were okay on on uh, Reload. Um, you know, I don't know. Just not really. So you don't my, own them? I own them, not on vinyl, but I did buy them when they came out and everything. But I wanted to like them. I wanted Reload to like, you know, when it came out, I wanted it to be like heavier and better than Load. And then yeah, it kind of like... It was just the same. It was just kind of like not good. <laughs> it was like load. It was like there was heavier songs on there, but nothing memorable. And yeah, dude, it was a dud. Like what was even... So was Fuel, was that Reload? Yeah, Fuel was Reload. I and I think up. I think Memory Remains was on that one too. Those were the big... And then Unforgiven too. Memory Remains? You said that was on yeah. Reload? Yeah, the memory remains. Okay, I was thinking that was on load, but I don't want to talk too much about it because, uh-huh. like, if some of the, <clears throat> if some of your picks are yeah. on there, I don't want to. Yeah, I'll say something and then you'll smirk and then the <laughs> fucking, it's ruined the element yeah. of surprise. But we can, 
Yeah, so I mean, for this episode, we're just babbling, but we haven't really said what the point is, but also... I guess I just jumped in with my hair. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> but yeah, so we picked our top ten Metallica songs. Um, yeah. I guess, did you already... Yeah, you already kind of said your introduction, well, sort of. Uh, well, my you... introduction, yeah, was just, um, was basically, I remember this. The first song I really remember hearing was King Nothing. I was playing basketball at a friend's house, and we're playing on the driveway, and you had the garage open, you know, and, like, stereo going. And I was like, what is this? This is awesome. And then, yeah, and then it must have been, like, 97 or something. And then I just dove in after that. But obviously, I was, like, 13, so I didn't have a lot of money. So how you said you bought Load and Reload, I was buying the little cardboard uh, CD singles, and there were cardboard (laughs) with a little tray. Oh, yeah. You could slide them out, and I had a couple of those because, yeah, they were only like eight bucks or something. I could actually afford that. I don't even think they were that much, were they? I had one of them. I had. Now that you say that. I think I had the Memory Remains one, and I might have had Unforgiven 2. I think I had Until It Sleeps. Was that the one that had had like a live version of 2x4 on it? Oh, no, like I didn't have that one. But, yeah, probably because the bonus track or the B-side, I guess, was basically like a live. Yeah version of something i can't really remember that was so long ago and i don't know if i, still I actually wish i still had single them, yeah. yeah yeah a lot of the singles and stuff i didn't hold on to some of them i did if they had anything you know too rare on it or something but so you were obviously into them before i was then right a little bit i mean yeah so <laughs> metallic is kind of one of those weird bands because when i was a kid like in grade school it was like all the you know, I was young, and all the older kids would be wearing the Metallica shirts, yeah. and, <clears throat> and they were kind of like the scary kids with the long hair. And they were like, <laughs> they were like twelve and smoking, <laughs> and I wasn't because I was like eight. But uh, yeah, so Metallica was always weird. Like there was always this element of like like danger, you know, to yeah. them as a band and stuff. And I can remember this girl that lived next door. Her dad owned the original co-op records used oh. to be down i think it was down off the of derby or something it was down like kind of in the nicer part of Pekin. um not really that was me being a smart ass but anyhow uh yeah it was like him and one other guy i think i think owned it i don't denny would know more we've talked about it before because one day something got brought up and he was like oh no shit used to live next to bill love and I'm like yeah and uh anyhow his daughter one day brought over these tapes and it was Metallica tapes and I don't remember what albums. I think it was like the Garage Days stuff and maybe Ride the Lightning. Oh, cool. And so she was like playing that shit for she was a couple years younger than me and her and my brother hung out more. But um she was a total tomboy and stuff, so she always played basketball with us and shit. But but yeah, so she brought those tapes over and we were kind of listening to them and stuff. And honestly, at first I was like, I, I don't get it, man. Like my brother kind of dug Metallica before I did, which was weird because he was even younger <laughs> than me. But, um, and then probably shortly after that was like when the Black Album came out, you know, this was, or around that time. Uh, but yeah, I, so I remember Inner Sandman like kind of, premiering on mtv like i don't know that i saw the very first time it aired or anything but i remember it being brand new and being kind of like a big deal because it was like huge fucking metal song on mtv and 
like on mainstream MTV. Like you didn't yeah. even have to stay up and watch Headbangers Ball to see it. And it was so dark. It was like the old man in the video was creepy and shit. And yeah, isn't it almost, so it almost I, kind of scared me. <laughs> haven't watched that video in forever, but isn't it almost like a strobe lighty yeah. effect thing? Yeah, and, it's like black and white, I yeah. think, and the light kind of flickers in and out. And Yeah, dude, it was, you know, so it was cool. I mean, but I didn't really, I kind of didn't become a fan fan until probably, probably closer to the time of load and reload coming out. I can remember in junior high. I had a couple buddies that were really into Metallica, and they played And Justice for All all the time. They had this little boom box with a fucking tape, and they just would play it over and over again while we were playing basketball. And I actually fucking hated it. I got to where I just hated it. I think I just was so tired of hearing the songs all the time, every day, playing basketball with these guys. What is know. it with Metallica and basketball? I don't know. It must be a thing. But So it was really weird because like I – I went from kind of being like scared to let check them out because they were kind of like the dangerous band or whatever to checking them out and kind of being like, yeah, okay, to then like being almost annoyed with them to where like I didn't <laughs> like even want to fucking check them out. Something. Yeah, and then so it was like later after really getting into metal more and stuff, you know, in like high school where I was like, yeah, okay, like now I get it and I'm, I was really into you know everything from the Black album and before and you know I. I thought Load had good songs on it, but I was, you know, like any other fucking impressionable kid where it's like, oh, yeah, well, they fucking cut their hair, so they sold out, which is the stupidest <laughs> fucking thing ever. Like, it's hair. Yeah. And they were getting older, and their hairlines were, you know. Lars's hairline's been pretty questionable. Not that I have any room to talk, but for quite some time. And it's like, so what if they cut their fucking hair? Who fucking cares? Yeah. Like, that doesn't matter. I mean... Kerry King cut his fucking hair, shaved his head with a big-ass, cool fucking beard, and it's as metal as ever, yeah. you know? But, yeah, anyhow, so that's totally, like, some chopped-up fucking story. I don't know. There's not any really good point to it. It just than, took a long, a long time. Yeah, it was kind of a... Diamond riding. Yeah, I didn't... They didn't win me over right away. I wasn't like, oh, fuck, you know? But I feel like I'm like that with a lot of bands. I don't, you know, there's not that many bands where it was like I heard them the first time and just fucking lost my yeah. mind, you know. I mean, there's some stuff, but, you know. But it's crazy because it's like every time I go back and listen to the Metallica albums I love, like the first few, you know, I'm like, oh, yeah, fuck, this is great, you know, which, I, I mean, I don't want to give too much away, but, you know, there's certain albums that are yeah. just in my regular rotation and certain ones that I only go back to every once in a while and, this kind of provoked me to revisit some stuff I hadn't listened to in a little while, but I almost thought of like maybe changing it up for Metallica and going, let's just pick one song from every album. That way we have to talk about every album. But then like, I knew that like, I don't really want to like force uh, something on you. So if you don't really yeah. want to talk about it, then you know, I mean, I could probably pick my it. favorite song from every yeah. album. You know, I could probably do it right now off the top of my head, yeah. to be honest with you. With the exception of a couple. A couple of them, it'd be really hard to narrow it down to one. See, like, yeah, that's what I didn't want to do. Because if you're saying, well, you're not really sold on Reload, I didn't really want to make you waste time listening to that or what to pick one out. That's like yeah. an hour out of your day where you'd have to... Yeah, like, I mean, it'd probably yeah. be... Yeah. It'd 
probably be Memory Remains. Just top of my head, yeah. I'd have to look at the track listing on that one because I don't really care that much about yeah. that album, you know? Yeah, I, I don't want that, it to feel like a chore for you, <laughs> is I guess what I'm saying. Yeah, I mean, either, other than that, dude, I could probably, you could probably just dump the albums in front of me. I'd be like, that one, that one, that one. <laughs> yeah, it would be pretty easy other yeah. than some couple of them. But anyhow, we might as well get on with our it, list. Yeah. Um, do you want to start it off? Because I always seem to start it off, but... Well, that and we always... Well, or we changed it up, I think, last time, and I started yeah. it off. And then we ended up having ones yeah, where like, we were similar. I didn't similar. think we'd have that many, but I, I don't think the same thing with this one, but I don't know either. Yeah, I know. So. I don't know. Well, I guess starting off, we're not going to match up. Yeah. I'm um, just looking at my first two. Well, my... Okay, so my number 10, I'll start, All right. is from Ride the Lightning... For Whom the Bell Tolls. Oh. Cool. I don't... Cool choice. It's just... I don't know. Great live... Like, I think... When I, when I think of them, and you were talking about them being, you know, a live band, like a really good live band, and obviously some of the uh, live versions of songs being a little bit better than the studio recording, I don't necessarily feel that way about this stuff. I think their early studio recordings just had a certain sound, and the they sound different now, and live, it just comes off punchier because... Blah blah blah, <laughs> you know yeah. production quality maybe. Yeah. Like, Ride the Lightning's not technically the best, most well produced album, but I really love that album and it's you know it has a certain sound to it. You know that one just sounds unique. Like you could put on any song from that album, and you're gonna be like, oh yeah, that's from Ride the Lightning, based on just the fucking sound. Not even just the fact that yeah. you have the track listing memorized or whatever. But, <clears throat> yeah, For Whom the Bell Tolls, though, I think it's just a great song and it's a great live song. It's like one of those that when you see it live and you're there in the moment, like it's, you know, it just kind of pumps you up. Just the opening, dun-dun-dun-dun, yeah. you know, and then <laughs> you've got – and then Cliff Burton's bass playing was so unique and it, you know, that little walk down he does on the bass during that part, I mean – I don't know. And this is like one of the first, uh, I don't know, I've learned a lot of Metallica songs on the guitar. It's just one of those things where that was a band. First song I ever learned to play. Here you go. I didn't even think about this. First Uh song I ever learned to play on the guitar ever. My buddy that had played guitar since we were like little kids, and I, I picked up his acoustic one day, and I was like 13 or something. And I hadn't played guitar yet, and he taught me the intro for Inner Sandman. And I was like, I caught on and could play it. And I go, fuck it. I'm a guitar player. I have to buy a guitar. Turns out I suck still this many years later. But um, but no. So, yeah, I don't know why I didn't think of that for like a little backstory. Yeah. But And honestly, take a look to the sky just before you die. It's the last time you will. Like, that's one of the coolest yeah. fucking, you know, that's just a cool lyric, man. It's like their early stuff was almost like, I don't know how to put it, like, almost like cowboy lyrics or something, yeah. you know? It was like you were almost like, you, you're listening to their lyrics and it's almost like watching like an old fucking Western or an old, like old fucking war movie, like Patton or something or, you know? Yeah, and a lot of them are kind of like that. Well, I'll get into that later, but their songs, yeah, like... And obviously uh, they have songs about war. Disposable heroes yeah. and stuff. Yeah, spoiler so. alert, that almost made my list. That was mm-hmm. one I kind of... Ended up cutting, but um, 
Oh, and before we move along, I was going to write this down and I didn't, but it might, we were talking about uh, covers. And my honorable mention was going to be The Merciful Fate. Oh, really? The medley? The medley thing, oh, cool. yeah. And then you text me about it, and I was like, well, you spoiled the fucking surprise, Andy. <laughs> I mean, only to you, I guess, but. Yeah. But no, I love that, dude. And they were actually, I'm trying to think, but I think they were my introduction to Merciful Fate and oh, how nice. I got into them. And I can't remember yeah. if it was hearing this. I think I had heard them cover something elsewhere, and I remember a buddy of mine that I worked with at Walmart. This was fucking, Jesus, 20-plus years ago. But he introduced me to Merciful Fate, and I was like, what the fuck? What's those, you know, what's that dude singing like? What the fuck's with that, <laughs> yeah. you know? But then, like, years, but then later on, Garage Inc. came out, and they did that medley. And then I, like, really dug it. I was like, man, these are really fucking cool songs. Yeah, they are. Like, and I think I, I still can't get past King Diamond's vocals, but that yeah. Metallica medley <laughs> is, like, it really makes the songs like stand out how like heavy they are. Yeah. No, they did a great cool job, and it's cool that yeah. I mean, obviously, you're not gonna sing. James isn't gonna sing like King Diamond, and I'm glad yeah. he didn't. But because uh, I mean, even with King Diamond singing like King Diamond, it almost sounds like a parody. But <laughs> yeah. you know, but I love those songs. Those first, so it was you know, I think Metallica is responsible for making me a fan. You know, of Merciful Fate, and I love those first two albums. So. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I'm the same way. Just just uh, condense it, but yeah, they'd had Misfits covers, and I'm like, oh well, who's oh, this? Yeah. So I got into Misfits, and then got into Danzig, and then went yeah. deeper because of that too. Yeah, I mean that got me into so many different bands, checking all of them out, like the Misfits especially, yeah. like because I never knew shit about them other than the fact that they were the shirts that the other scary kids. Yeah, you'd always see the skull <laughs> on everything. Yeah. yeah, the other scary kids in school was you know wearing the Misfits <laughs> shirts and stuff, right? But Anyhow. All right. Well, Andy, how about your number 10? My number 10, I'm really confident you're not going to have it. And it's one that uh, is from the Black album. It's one of the last tracks on there. It's My Friend of Misery. And it's something that, like, I think I used to overlook that song because it was on the back end of the album. And, you know, the album seems front-loaded with all the hits, the radio songs. And then when you go towards the end of the album, there's just this cool longer song and it's one that kind of takes its time building up and it seems like a lot of my favorite metallica songs are like that the ones that kind of they almost take their time to build up so i'm really glad you had that on your list because here's the funny thing it was on my list for a while oh it was like a rough draft thing and then yeah but and I really loved that song, and it was so funny because going back and revisiting all this stuff, I played the Black Album for the first time in forever, and I wanted that song to be on my list because I just loved it so much years ago, but I hadn't listened to it in forever, and I was like, fuck, man. To me, most of that record doesn't hold up. Hmm. It just sounds dated. There's something about it. It's not the fact that it's commercial or they sold out or watered down or whatever it is. It's just like... It just sounds very kind of 90s I to just you found that it sounded very dated, yeah. And that song, for some reason, didn't have the same appeal to me hmm. now as it did like 30 years ago or whatever, you know what I mean? And so, yeah. um, or not really 30 years ago, even like probably 20 years ago, I would have had it on my list, you know? Yeah. So, 
you know, not that I'm hating on your song, but oh no, no, no. Um, <laughs> I agree with you to an extent. It was just a bummer for me because I found that I guess it just I don't want to say I grew I grew away from it. I guess or something, yeah. I, and I don't know why. Because in my head it was still fucking cool, and then when I listened to it, I was like, this isn't as cool uh-huh. as I thought it was for some reason. See, like, my thing with the Black Album is, like, too, I can sit here and say sometimes, like, you know, if Inner Sandman comes on the radio, I'm like, oh, man, I don't know if I really want to hear Inner Sandman. But then when I go back to the album, I'm the opposite of you, where I was going through it at work and stuff and playing it at home, and I'm like, that just sounds, like, so, like, fresh. And I I like the production, you know, where, sure, yeah, they might have, like, sold out and did more commercial songs, it just happened that, yeah, like MTV just was like, fuck yeah, we're going to run with this. I mean, yeah, you can't hate on a band for making a great sounding record. I mean, yeah. Bob Rock, like, at that time made, I think that album does sound great. I'm not saying it doesn't sound great. Production-wise, it's fucking amazing. Yeah. Like, it sounds so fucking huge. I think that it fucked them, and it's the reason that, like, Saint Anger sucks so bad. Yeah, they were so many still other... chasing that. Once you yeah. get to some level of being like you know like million what seller, do you do yeah, now? you're like chasing after that. Because I think Bob Rock just kind of dude between Doctor Feelgood and that record, like he made these two albums that just sounded so fucking big. And it was like, how do I make the next thing bigger? How do I yeah. make the next thing bigger? And if you notice, man, like Bob Rock's records after the Black album, they kind of sucked. They kind of <laughs> sounded like shit to some degree. It was like. Well, he made the Motley Crue one, right? Like, 94. Well, okay. <laughs> I stand corrected. That did come out after the Black Album. Yeah. But. But then, yeah. Like, I guess, I think like, I, know what I would you're say, saying. like, subhuman has, race. That yeah, I can't really tell what sounds he's like done shit. after Metallica yeah. or something. Or did he just kind of stop? I mean, he's, yeah, I mean, he's. I don't know. Oh, wait. I think he might have made the Colt album, that one. Oh, he did. Um, Beyond Good and Evil. Yeah, right? he did that yeah. one. Which that one, you know, sounded yeah. good. I don't know. Maybe I'm just making a liar out of myself. Yeah. I just think. Or now he's got his sound, like that yeah. commercial kind of. I guess my thing rock. is like Subhuman Race kind of sucked. Mm. Wasn't the best sounding record in comparison to, you know, some of yeah. the other stuff he did that sounded great. And then St. Anger came out and it was like, dude, how the fuck did Bob Rock make this bad of a sounding <laughs> album, you know? And it was all of them chasing yeah. something they just couldn't get back, I think, you know? Trying to reinvent the wheel. And, yeah. Because, like, you watch Lars in that documentary, and it's always like, oh, it just sounds stock. It just sounds stock. I've never actually watched that, and I never want to. You don't because want I to. feel like at the time I didn't like St. Anger, and I didn't want anything else to, like, ruin the band for me. Well, it will make it worse. Cause yeah. They, so, like, I was just like, I don't need to go there. If anything, dude, Lars comes off being cooler than the rest of the guys, if I'm being honest. Mm-hmm. Like, the whole time, it's just kind of like, yeah, I get where he's coming from. James is being a big fucking baby, and, you know, I'm being a dick, but that's what happens. You put a little alcohol in me. Mm. One whole beer, that's all it takes. <laughs> Actually, yeah. And we're, like, completely off the I am this way all so the time. So what's your number nine? <laughs> My number nine, speaking of the Black Album. Aha. Uh-huh. Ah, uh, yeah, see, I was going to make it sound like I wouldn't put anything from the Black Album on Yeah, here. like, you've completely fooled me. So, don't tread on me. Oh. <laughs> I think that's the one song. Well, there's a couple songs. Like, nothing else on my list. I'll just spoil mm. Spoiler alert, this is the only thing from the Black Album on my list. But 
Spoiler alert, it's not the end for me. I didn't figure. <laughs> but there's cool stuff on that. I, you know, I'm not even trying to shit on it, but I don't want to talk too much about other songs because we might get to it when you start listing yeah. your picks. But I've always really dug the uh, – I can remember learning to play this on guitar, and I actually had the Black Album book. My cousin had it. He was uh, stationed in Japan in the Navy, and so he gave me, like, this – little shitty amp to start learning guitar on and everything oh so you got like all the music to learn the songs yeah he gave me yeah he gave me like these books uh like it was metallica black album like a best of motley crew megadeth countdown to extinction oh yeah when you wanted to be an architect (laughs) right (laughs) yeah (laughs) what else did he i don't even remember but anyhow so i had the black album book and i'd sit there and like learn the songs with it and everything and i can remember Learning this lick, like the, you know, you know, I that was really good. And I'm sure, could you edit the actual guitar riff in yeah, there instead sure. of whatever the fuck I just did? <laughs> no. Uh, so don't turn on me. But I've always, yeah, I do the chorus as cool as shit, you know. Yeah, it does the don't turn on me. Dun, dun, so be it. That, like, kind of, yeah. you know, it was a little bit of a shift there. It's really, it's like, a cool. It's a cool thing, transition. Yeah. I think the arrangement on that is, you know, and it's nothing big like those fucking ridiculous arrangements on And Justice for All, you know. But it's just good. Like, there's good transitions in that song that really make certain parts pop, you know. And I think maybe that is what the rest of the Black Album was missing a lot of the other songs are very just down the middle just very verse chorus verse chorus they don't stray off of there's not any cool like drastic like chord shift no change that really makes it like you know what i mean yeah because injustice for all was kind of all about the before that there was so much change yeah there's moments in injustice for all where i'm like jesus fucking christ like just get to it (laughs) But anyhow, enough babbling. Oh. All How right. about your number My nine? My number nine is from an album that uh, you just said that you liked earlier, and I didn't think <sighs> that you would even like the album. But my number nine is from Death Magnetic, and uh, it's as late into Metallica <coughs> um, as I get, really, is the Death Magnetic album. But the song is The Day That Never Comes. I really remember hearing that on the radio because I was working third shift at the time and Bayhan was like, here's a premiere of The Day That Never Comes. And I was driving home, you know, from work in the morning. And I'm like, whoa, this is cool. I'm like buying this album because it had that kind of thing. It's another one where the song kind of builds. It starts off really like soft and then it kind of reaches this like huge, like heavy part. And then it kind of, um, um, I don't know, like I guess all my songs are those ones that build up. Yeah. basically but then i noticed too when i was making my list that uh, these first two songs i guess i think they deal with mental health like my friend of misery uh like he's talking about the dude uh whoever he's singing about james is singing about he he wants to have the weight of the world on his shoulders mm-hmm. so maybe he's content with or he's not asking for any help and then Here's like the day that never comes. The person's stuck in some kind of relationship and they feel like they're trapped and they're not getting out of it. And I'm like, man, these are some kind of deep lyrics from Metallica, I think. 
<clears throat> people feel like they're trapped in some uh, situation or something. And all you got to do is ask for help, man. Right on. So there's my mental health yeah. PSA. So if you'd like to call um, <laughs> 1-800. If you're needing someone uh, to talk to. 1-800-A-Sides. Yeah. If you're needing someone to talk to, here's Andy's phone number. <laughs> Everybody just starts calling you. Yeah. I'm having a bad day, Andrew. All right, well, man. Well, that's all I got for those songs. But yeah, yeah man, I don't know. Do Death Magnetic. I'm making a like, note about a song from De- Death Magnetic because it's not on my list, and I want to talk about it just in case it's yeah, on Yeah, I mean, yours. you're making a lot of notes over there. Like, I only made one. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, I just saw you, like, scribbling. Well, I know. I Well, I wrote the note, and then I made a squiggly line under oh, it. Oh, okay. I thought you were, like, writing a, like, paragraph. No. Not <laughs> I'm not that fast. A paragraph would take me fucking half this episode. So, um, my number eight is from Ride the Lightning. Again. Oh, okay. And uh, it's Fade to Black. What? That's my number eight. Is it really? So, yeah. Fade to Black from Ride the Lightning. Nice. <laughs> I didn't think we'd actually match up. But... Yeah, I wasn't sure. But, I mean, there's some that – that was always one of my favorite Metallica songs. I always thought it was just such a great arrangement. Yeah. I learned to play that on guitar. That was one of my favorite, like, one of those moments. Like, when you're a shitty, young – guitar player first learning guitar for the first time like it's such an amazing feeling to play something and actually be like fuck listen you know what that is like you know show your friends and be (laughs) like they're like fuck that sounds just like it you know (laughs) so it was one of those songs for me where it was like i learned to play it pretty early on and really like only the intro because when you're first learning guitar at least for me anyhow like i just would learn bits and pieces of tons of fucking songs but would always not learn the whole fucking song front to back because I wasn't in a band yet or whatever. So, you know, I'm just sitting there learning the most recognizable parts, yeah. but, but always love that intro. I think everybody that ever fucking played guitar learned that song to some capacity. So yeah. Like, uh, speaking of ride the lightning, like I almost want to just put a, a, the entire ride the lightning album on my list, but I, I didn't, yeah. but I was like, can I just cheat and put all of ride the lightning as one number? It's funny you say that because, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's how yeah. I felt making my list. I was like, just struggling to not. Yeah, just, just have here's the just ride record. the lightning, so I don't have to use up too many picks. I'll just put it as. Yeah, I was gonna say spoiler alert. Like, you know, most of that record might be my list. Yeah. I don't know, but I think we talked about it, or I know we talked about it because it made when we did the sophomore album like a year ago, the sophomore albums list. Uh, that made. Uh, my list, and it's weird you talking about production and stuff too, because Ride the Lightning was my favorite album when I was getting into them. But then, as it went over time, and I heard other bands, and I, you know, got like maybe a better ear for stuff that I like, that album it doesn't seem produced so I really well, and his voice is really weird. So I didn't really want to go back to it as much. But now that's one that I really go back to a lot because the songwriting is strong, whether it's yeah. You know, produced well or had a huge budget doesn't really matter. The songwriting is strong. Well, it's funny because I, when I put the record on, I had to crank the bass. Like, I didn't realize how. I mean, obviously, like, okay, Injustice for All, we all know it doesn't have bass on yeah. it. You know, no bass guitar actually playing. But this album, as much as Ride the Lightning is my favorite, you know, Master of Puppets, a goddamn very close second. But. 
I didn't, yeah, I kind of forgot how thin and shitty sounding it was until I put it on yesterday and was like, what the fuck? I had to, like, go crank the bass on my preamp <laughs> to get some kind of low end, you know, fill yeah. it out because it was such, like, a, it has a very tinny kind of sound to it, you know? Which there's a magic to that, too, because I think James's voice sounds, like I said before, very unique on that record. There's kind of this reverby thing going on with his voice where it never sounded like it since you know yeah. but so hell yeah all right ride the lightning we got that in common yeah well i guess what's your number seven it makes then? sense for me to go with my number seven yeah. which is also from ride the lightning uh. <laughs> speak of the speak of the devil opening track fight fire with fire oh cool because dude that little sparkly acoustic intro is cool yeah. Probably don't even need it if I'm being honest. Other than the fact that it really offsets the fact that when that fucking when it kicks in, dude, it's just like holy shit. You know? Like listening yeah. to it yesterday, it was just like it never surpri- it never ceases to surprise me when it kicks in cuz it's just like you know, it just <laughs> it comes in like a fucking goddamn dump truck just slamming into the side of your house while you're taking a shit, you know. <laughs> That's like the kind of like surprise it hits you with every time. So, don't ask me where I got that. I actually had a visual of sitting on the toilet and a dump truck just slamming into the side of the house. <laughs> Think about how awesome that'd be. That should be in a movie. Oh, man. I'm copywriting that idea, though. That way, if a movie ever gets made where there's a scene with that, I want some fucking money. Anyhow, <laughs> I don't know what to say. Yeah. I'm not, you know what? I'm not saying anything else after that. I'm just going to let you go on with your number seven. All right, my number seven, maybe it's not as cool, but we already kind of like, or maybe I already kind of teased this. But we were talking about Bob Rock-produced albums, and I even mentioned Motley 94. This um, song for my number seven almost kind of has a Motley 94 uh, sound uh, to it, I feel like, at least for me when I listen to it. But it's Prince Charming from Reload. Hmm. And uh, it just sounds like this dirty kind of amped up rock song. He's like, hey, mama, hey, mama, look, it's me. And then it's got this, dang, 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 dang. I don't know. It's just like... Hmm. It just sounds like, you know how Fuel, I, I think they only play Fuel because it just kind of gets the crowd pumped up, you know? Right. This is, I think, more, this is something they should play live because I feel like you might not have a Prince Charming in your head. Like, you're probably like, what song is that? But I, I think remember if it, you hear very this song, vaguely. it sounds like something that people would get just fucking pumped up to the max to or yeah. something. I'd have to listen to it again. I didn't yeah, reload like, I was one know. that I did not I did not yeah. I did not revisit load or reload when going through these. Well Even at though least, at least go like. to Prince Charming. There's songs and I then, like, but I knew um, there wasn't gonna be. If you listen to it and you're like, eh, this sucks, and then just send me a text like fuck you and I'll know <laughs> that uh that it was a, a uh, shit. Yeah, song. I mean I listened to Load a lot when it came out because there were some songs, like I said, that I really dug, but man, reload just went to the wayside yeah. pretty quick. I mean and I always thought Fuel was funny because it's like you said, like it's really just a song to get the crowd pumped. And it's true because you listen yeah. to it. It's like, it's not that good of a song. The intro is the coolest part, you know. Give me fuel, give me fire, give me love. Boom. Yeah. And that's it. And then that's like the coolest fucking part of the song. Like, yeah. They could just like, I don't know. In my opinion, 
they could just do that and then go into one, like the cool part of one, not like all that other shit at the beginning. Yeah. That I'm, not a, I'm not a big fan of one. I'm tired of that fucking oh. song. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but yeah, so to me, it just could be like, give me fuel, give me fire, give me that which I desire. Uh, da, 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 you know? Yeah, and then go into and something then, else. And then just go into, you know, and then just do like that whole section of yeah. one and then just call that one song and leave all the other bullshit out but yeah because fuel like i don't know man like not to like bash anybody if that's their favorite song that's listening but how you just said maybe they were trying to chase something it just that song sounds to me it's like like they had oh okay we had enter sandman and we had like you know sad but true and all these hits what can we do that's going to be another like hit yeah. or something you know and it just sounds like the most basic kind of like intentionally yeah 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 but like i actually love reload and it's something where i used to like certain songs on it but now over time it shifted so i'm finding other stuff i don't know i just really like that album a lot but i don't know i'm young so and i wasn't around for the cool metallica stuff hey being young is a good problem to have yeah all right man well my seven so on to my number six. So mm-hmm. I think, you know, let's say 15, 20 years ago, I would say fade to black would probably be up where this one's at. And this one would maybe be down where fade to black's at. Oh, okay. It's a kind of a similar song in a way. Obviously I'm talking about sanitarium. I feel like they're out of master of puppets and ride the lightning. You had these one song on each album that was kind of the, yeah. the same kind of like ballad type song that goes into like a fucking you know rock thing right um i think maybe when i was younger i used to just want to really like i mean i don't want to say i wanted to like fade to black i love fade to black but i think maybe i wanted to like it better than sanitarium because i feel like everybody fucking loves sanitarium so I don't know if I intentionally somewhere in this fucking brain of mine wanted to be the oddball that liked Fade to Black better. Or maybe I just honestly liked it better. I don't fucking know. But Sanitarium's a song that just, for some reason with time, I like it more and more. I hmm. mean, I don't know that it would have made my top ten list 20 years ago. Now, it just is so fucking good. I just I listen to it and I'm like, no, dude, this is really like, when I think of the great era of metallica those those two albums ride the lightning and master of puppets that's them at their fucking best never to be recreated and i mean that song something about it just you know i don't know yeah (laughs) (laughs) well and i mean it has to do with you know again like you said about mental health and stuff right and it i it almost has like a scarier sound to it. Yeah. As far as like the, um, I don't know, element of Isn't crazy. Isn't it got that kind of intro where it's like ding, 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 dun, dun, dun. And it kind of has some kind of like really soft. And yeah, it's got the little dun, harmonics. Dun, yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, because I can kind of hear it in my head. It's got like dun, dun, ding, ding, dun, 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 dun. Yeah, I used to know how to play that. That was one of the first ones I learned on guitar, too. And and it's, I think, 
Yeah, I think it's like in B, just like the fucking, just like fade to black. It's almost like the same. Yeah. Riff. It's just See, slightly different. Yeah. It's slightly more subtle too. It's like it's the magic of the space between the notes. I think, and some of the little parts in there and everything, and you know. I kind of thought the same thing that like they had fade to black, which is almost like a ballad for like a thrash band. You know, it sounds like a ballad for them. Yeah, sure. And then yeah, like you're saying, it it seems like they might have been each, the first thrash band to do ballads. Yeah, each kind of album then after that does kind of have a ballad like that, yeah. and I kind of noticed that kind of pattern. Now, I don't have much to say about Sanitarium, uh, you know, but it just has like a eeriness to it in a way. I guess is eerie, yeah. eerie is the word I'm looking for, but then it, you know. But then the chorus is just, you know, sanitary. Like, you go see them live and you're going to shout, sanitarium, <laughs> lose your mind, spill your beer all over yourself. And, you know, and then I, I love the transition where it's, you know, just leave me alone. It goes into yeah. the, and then it picks up and then fucking goes into the guitar solo and stuff. I mean, that just, it's magic. Yeah. Speaking of that, I really wanted to see him on the Summer Sanitarium tours, but I missed out. Have you seen him live? Once. Yeah. Once. Have you seen him? Yeah. yeah. St. Anger tour when they came to Peoria. Did it, you go to that? Yeah, same. Yeah. It was a great show. Godsmack, man. I mean, hey, I really like the Godsmack thing. That kind of blew me away because I didn't know that they had their little uh, drum duel thing. I uh, thought that was just Lars's kit with like a sheet over it or something uh, sitting there. And then they... Uh, uh, Soli and what Shannon Larkin were drumming, yeah, and then they I would love throw Shannon their Larkin, sticks man. and stuff. I wish Shannon Larkin wasn't in Godsmack. <laughs> I wish he was in a band that was so much cooler because I love that dude. He was, you know, when he played on the uh, couple Ugly Kid Joe albums, I became an instant fan. When he was on Menace to Sobriety, I was like, fuck, this guy is the shit. <laughs> and then he joined Godsmack, and I was like, fuck, really? And so when I went to that Metallica show, the only thing I was excited about with Godsmack was seeing Shannon Larkin live, and he didn't disappoint. He's a fucking monster, and he's so yeah. cool to watch. He's like one of those drummers that's just really cool to watch. Like, it could have just been him playing cover songs on the stage <laughs> to, like, just a track, right? Like, just have a DJ with Shannon Larkin fucking rocking out on the drums, and it would have been fucking awesome. But, and I don't hate Godsmack just because, you know, I feel like they're, like, nickelback in the sense that, like, it's cool to fucking hate Godsmack, but... I've actually seen him two more times after that, and I really wanted to see him just kind of for uh, Shannon Larkin. I didn't mind the first two albums. I thought the first album, there was a lot of rip-offs. I mean, man, they ripped off so many fucking bands. You know, every Alice in Chains, Nine Inch Nails, there was, like, so much plagiarism going on on that first record. It was fucking disgusting. But, I mean, first time I ever heard... uh, what was the one? Dun, 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 dun. Oh, get back. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, whatever that song is. Yeah. I uh, thought, oh, this is cool. You know, I dug it, man. And when Awake came out, I thought a couple of those songs were really badass. But then it was like, they just became like Nickelback in the sense of like every fucking song sounding the same. Yeah. You know, I had Silver Side Up when it came out. I thought How You Remind Me was a great song when it was released. But I got tired of fucking hearing regurgitated versions yeah. of it like over and over again. Yeah, because I guess I kind of want to like, not that this is a Godsmack podcast, but I kind of want to like Godsmack more than I do because some of their albums, like the later albums have like a cool song or two, but I'm not a fan of their albums in their entirety. I don't know. I still kind of like some Godsmack songs, but it's not present in my yeah um, rotation. Well, what's your number six? My number six is uh, another one from Death Magnetic. 
<laughs> and you're kind of looking at me. Well, like, I made what? the note of one song that I wanted to bring uh, up. Oh. I'm wondering if it's on your list. Uh, maybe, but I don't know. But, like, I really, 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 really like this album. And this is a song that didn't stand out to me as much when the album uh, came out in 08. But I fell in love with it when, I don't know if you've seen, I've seen their other movie, Through the Never, the concert movie. Mm -hmm. And this song really popped out in the context of the movie, but it's uh, Cyanide. I knew you were going to say that for some reason. I dig that song. Wasn't the one I noted. It has some of those shifts like we were talking about in other stuff. It wasn't the one I noted, but. It's like. Yeah, there's cool shit. I like that song. Yeah. Yeah, it's another one that just like I've. I've driven around to this, and I've wanted to get like a speed. I've just wanted to get a speeding ticket to listen to this. Yeah, just so you, but I'm like, fuck. Just dude. so you'd have like a cool story for this podcast <laughs> yeah. about how, the time you got a speeding ticket. Pull me to over, song. come on, pull me over. I actually drive around listening to "Pull Me Under" by Dream Theater, screaming, "Pull me over!" <laughs> Not really. That's <laughs> stupidest joke ever. My number five title track from the album I've already mentioned a million times. Ride the Lightning. Wait, what? The song Ride the Lightning. Oh. Is that your number five as well? Yeah, Ride the Lightning. <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> well, if you got really? Ride the Lightning on there, and I've got Ride the Lightning songs, they probably would match up. But That's true. Yeah. That's funny, though, that the uh, like out of all their albums, we both have two from the album, and they're the same two songs. That is pretty funny. <laughs> they were the same pick, like the yeah. same number, too. <laughs> Yeah, dude, the intro, man. I mean, that's one thing that I wrote down is I noticed Dave Mustaine, he is credited to the song Ride the Lightning. And I feel like that's almost like, I don't know what his contribution was, but I feel like the intro has to be. Yeah, probably. A Dave thing. Like the guitar, kind of the harmonizing thing between the two guitar parts. Yeah. Yeah, probably so. Yeah, that's just such a that's one of those songs where every time I see like a live version of them doing it, it's just so cool. I'm like, fuck, yeah. man. Like, it's that's one that I could say, like, I don't know if I want to say the live versions are better, but it's definitely a cool live song. It's a live song that yeah. you see it live, you're like, fuck, this is great, you know? So I never want to see Metallica live and not have them play that song. <laughs> But I have a few of those. Yeah. Actually, probably my top five, the next four after those, I would say the same thing about, too. Mm. Like, they'd have to be on the fucking set list, or I want my money back. Yeah, for me, that's how this song made my list so high, is because it kind of won me over with live versions. Because the, uh, what is it, um, their last album, Hardwired, if you bought, there was different versions where it was like a two CD thing, you know, because they had like like a double album, I guess. But then if you got uh, the special edition, it had some covers and some live stuff, and they've got a live version of Ride the Lightning on there. And I was like, holy shit, that's cool. And then I went back to the Through the Never, and they do that on there, and I'm like, fuck, I really like this song, like, live. Yeah. Um, I like the studio version, too, but the live version is the one that I go for. There's some life to it that's yeah. kind of added when you see him play it live. And I'm sure that those early songs, they probably really like playing them. Yeah. To where when they play them now, they get excited. And you know what I mean? Like, I've noticed that a lot of 
the current set list that I've seen, they've skipped Inner Sandman. And they're probably super fucking tired of yeah, playing or, it. Or uh, maybe what you're seeing is this, because I noticed the last year they did festivals. Yeah. So they did two nights, like a Friday and a right. Sunday. And they changed the set list. Yeah, their one set, they did the Black Album in its entirety. I did so see that. So if they did yeah. Enter Sandman They did it the backwards, night, too. They started with My Friend Misery and worked it their way to... Yeah. yeah. So, so like... Yeah, so maybe that's what you're seeing. Some of those nights, they were trying to do different sets on the. Well, there was the clubs that they they did those club dates. Oh, they just randomly showed up to the clubs. Oh yeah, they played Metro. And there was yeah, there was nights they didn't play Inner Sandman. Oh, they came out and did like a twelve song set or whatever. It wasn't super long, but and Inner Sandman wasn't on the set, you know, which I thought was really cool. I mean, there was a few songs where I was like, God, I can't believe they didn't play that, but I think it's so fucking cool they didn't, you know. Yeah, like, just, I actually like how they do mix stuff up, though. They yeah. kind of regularly kind of change a few out. I give them props for that yeah. because, I mean, obviously, like, I'm a big Motley Crue fan, right? But I'm not too inclined to go see them live because I know it's going to be the same fucking ten songs. Yeah. I know what it's going to be. I mean, you can fucking – I could write their set list out and bet yeah. anybody that wants to bet, like, what the fuck it's going to be. Like, they're <laughs> not going to throw a curveball in there. Uh, there's one thing I noticed too, not to keep going back to the set list thing, but I can't remember what tour it was, but Metallica, I think they did something, maybe the Death Magnetic Tour or something. I didn't see them on that, but I read later where they had a poll where you could vote on what songs you wanted and they tried to do something specific to each a city based on that poll, I think. Mm. Well, I guess now we're moving on to number four since we had the same number five. Yeah. Well, do we want to change it up? Do you want to read your number four? I guess we can change it up. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, we um, tend to do that when we get when we yeah end up in sync. My number four is from the Black Album, and it's one where I got a bunch of notes because I started doing some stats here or something. But my number four is the Unforgiven, and it's one that how we talked about songs that they don't play a lot. I realized. That they don't play this a lot. And I think, you know, I don't know how they build sets. I don't know how bands build sets. But I feel like they do um, Nothing Else Matters as like a rest uh, song. Instead of taking like a break or an intermission, they're like, well, this is kind of basic compared to like some other stuff. It seems like James can maybe sing but rest his voice. Yeah. And then they can kind of maybe rest their fingers a little bit because it sounds like it's not as complex. But I feel like the Unforgiven would be something where it's kind of a cool song to throw in and not do Nothing Else Matters, you know, because it's kind of the same kind of not really a ballad, but I just love this song, the Unforgiven. And it's another thing where how I said at one entry, I'd like to cheat and just throw the entire Ride the Lightning album on there. I might be the only person that would do this, but I like all the Unforgivens. Unforgiven 2 and Unforgiven 3. And so I almost wanted to lump them in as the Unforgivens. I hate the second one. I hate Unforgiven 2. Oh man. I know. I didn't mind the third one. I think the third one only sucks because the second one exists. I hate to say it. I guess the second one is really, it's the first song but flipped. Because isn't it like they've got, in one song they've got, Heavy, 
verses and a soft chorus. So yeah. I think Unforgiven 2, they do the heavy and then the soft, or they flip those parts. Yeah, I think it was a little too intentional. Yeah. I think that's what bugged me about it. And I thought the lyrics were like, I don't know. I don't know, man. Yeah, Sorry. but I guess that's when I got into them, too, when I was buying the singles and stuff. So that was, yeah, that was more of like a nostalgic thing for me. Well, I loved I loved Unforgiven when it came out. I think that might be the song that won me over for the Black Album back when I was a kid, you know, because it was like, it was catchy. It had a creepiness to it. Like, it still kind of, I mean, might sound funny to say it now, because now it's almost like classic rock. But I mean, like, when I was a kid, it seemed really fucking dark. Yeah. You know, it just felt really dark. And I always loved that song, you know. And it's one that I don't go back and listen to it a lot now, you know, for some reason. But at the time, I loved it. And I won't discredit it. I think the sequels ruined it for me. You know what I mean? Like, it just made yeah. me kind of fucking not want to like it. Because it's like, Jesus, how many fucking Unforgivens you going to write? Forget <laughs> it. You wrote a great song. You should be proud of that. Leave it alone. Just fucking leave it alone. But... <laughs> Hey, they probably have a reason. Here's you know. my here's my little stat thing is because I was thinking, I was like, why don't they play this song a lot? And it seems like it's not played as much as other Black Album songs. So I went to the Setlist website to actually see because you can look at the stat for like, like you can look at the song and then how many times a song is played on tour. Or when you look at the stats, Enter Sandman has been played 1,368 times. Then like, Nothing Else Matters, 1,245 times. Sad But True, 1,350 times. But when you look at The Unforgiven, it's like a third of that. It's only been played 514 times. It's wow. been played a third as much as the other Black Album songs. And then, uh, like, Seek and Destroy, 1,547 times. I wrote down Master of Puppets, 1,698 uh, times. And then here's one that actually made me laugh because I was going down this set list thing. We both saw him in Peoria on the same tour. And I remember not liking uh, the St. Anger album. You know, like not a lot of people like it. But I remember they actually came out and they said, we were backstage working on a song for you and we're going to debut it live in Peoria. We're going to debut Some Kind of Monster. And I'm like, <coughs> oh my God, you're playing Some Kind of Monster in Peoria? I did not pay for this. And that song, Some Kind of Monster, was only played three times ever. And one of those times was in Peoria. Nice. <laughs> and it looked like they played it three times. So we were the first night. They played it the next two nights and then never again. Good but, call, Metallica. <laughs> but it happened to be in Peoria. It's like, fuck, dude. That's we could have gotten something else. <clears throat> well, hey, we saw it. That was a rarity. We saw a rare Metallica yeah. moment, you know? I guess. I guess. It's good and bad. It's like... <laughs> Well, I guess. But yeah, man, they need to play Unforgiven more. I'll I give guess. you That's that. That's where I'm going with that. I would dig that one. I might throw the Black Album on this afternoon, you know? Just take a nap. And then you'll hate me later. Black oh. Album, no. Oh, something to sleep to? <laughs> no. I, there's stuff. Like I said, man, there's stuff I dig on that. I mean. All right, man. I don't well, want to talk too much. I don't want to go into songs because it might be on your list. I've talked enough about this. What's your number four? My number four. It's the opening track, the first album. Hit the lights. 
And that's a great opening song, man. Every time I put that album on, I'm just like, fuck yeah, you know, like I get pumped. And it's really, you know, for them being the most successful of the big four, you know, big four thrash bands, they're probably the least thrashiest. Yeah. Other than this first album. You think about it and you go back and you listen to their stuff and like the first record's the only thing that really sounds like thrash. You know, and it's really good. I mean, and it's so funny because every time I listen to it, I think like it's so obvious the influences that played into that record, you know, but that's kind of the magic of it. There's like Motorhead all over it. Like you can tell they were, you know, diehard Motorhead fans and uh, Lars was a fucking diehard Motorhead fan and it's known that he followed Lemmy around and... Yada, 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 right? And there's so there's all these, like, vocal phrasings that uh, really remind you of some Motorhead songs. And Lars's playing on that record's a little bit more thrashy in the sense that it's, like, just kind of... And a lot of it's, like, fucking Filthy Animal Taylor's drumming type. Like, it's just kind of... I don't know. I'm not a drummer, so I can't fucking <laughs> really, like, communicate it. Um... But I, I know what the fuck I hear, but no, I don't know. So it's just raw. That that album's really raw. And I think that, you know, Seek and Destroy has always been like a live staple, right? Like they always bust that one out. And I learned yeah. to play that one on guitar when I was young. And, you know, every once in a while I'll just be fucking around, noodling on different songs that I can remember that I learned years ago or something, right? And that's one of those riffs that every once in a while I'll just, you know, but uh, I always thought Hit the Lights, the opening track, was just the strongest song of the whole fucking record, even though I like a lot of that record. Four Horsemen, another great song from that record. Yeah. But, you know, if I'm being fair, Hit the Lights was the really standout song on that record that, to me, held up to anything off of uh, Puppets or Ride the Lightning, you know? I don't know if I have much to say on really uh, Kill Em All because I'm the opposite of what you said, how that is so pure thrash. That's why I think I've always wanted to like it because I like Metallica. No, I actually love Metallica. I don't just like them. I love Metallica. But I don't really like that album that much because it is pure like thrash. And I like like the kind of other elements that they added in later. Right. Um, and it almost seems like so basic, but I hate to say it's basic because thrash is a, I'm not as much of a thrash guy, I guess. I like thrash bands, but you know, right. well, you can tell, I like what they expanded into and I like that they wanted to grow, but I think you can tell Dave's presence in that song. Yeah. Cause I even like, I know he's in there and he's credited a lot, but he's credited on like half the album. Basically you can tell it's like a. Well, you can tell that, like, Killing Is My Business and Kill Em All. Yeah. I mean, those those two albums for both bands, both of those bands only sounded like that for that one album. Yeah. And there's a reason. Obviously, Dave Mustaine's the one common, the one commonality in the whole fucking thing. Yeah, so thing, that's why so. I want to like those first albums. I don't yeah. really like them as much for either band, but, yeah. you know. And I do. I mean, I love yeah. both those albums, you know. 
I even listened to it at work on Friday, and I wrote something down, and you were just talking earlier about drums, and you're like, well, I'm not a drummer, so I don't know the whole drum thing, but there was something, I was listening to Four Horsemen, and then I wanted to listen to The Mechanics or something, and then when I was listening to it, there's like a drum or like a rhythm thing that sounds like Iron Maiden's Running Free. It's like the, the really like galloping right. drumming thing. <laughs> I don't know if I was just wanting to hear something, but it sounds like how you're saying they're influenced by Motorhead. I think there's some Iron Maiden or, you know, all that. Yeah, I mean, I I guess it's just a melting pot of all their influences, right? Because they liked a lot of the new wave of British heavy metal. Right. Lars was, yeah, he's very outspoken about how much of a hard-on he had for that shit. I mean, so I think anything from Motorhead to Iron Maiden to Saxon to, you know, even Priest a little bit, I mean... Yeah, or Diamond Head, yeah, that was the big Diamond one that Head, they keep yep. uh, going back to. Yeah, I mean, I think, I think that's why I like Kill 'Em All a lot because I always appreciate the albums where a band wears their influences on their sleeve, yeah, just unapologetically. There's all these elements of all their influences, and I just think that's what's really cool. I mean, you know, maybe there's something to be said for their later records them coming more into their own and whatever but i don't know i feel like kill them all had yeah. a certain sound they only sounded like that one fucking time yeah. dude on that one record and it was really cool it's always really cool and really just charming to listen to you know i will say out of that one i love four horsemen though that's a great song yeah i don't really like dave's version like the mechanic where it's like it just seems like it's more motley cool like Motley Crue lyrics where he's like, yeah, man, my piston's popping the heat or whatever. <laughs> and my uh, gear shift and stuff. It sounds more like something Motley Crue would write, uh, like lyrically. But like, man, that song though is so killer though. Diehard fans always want to say they like the mechanics better than Four Horsemen because they always want to say, well, it was Dave's vision and yeah. he's the original, blah, blah, blah. I think Four Horsemen sounds cooler because you're talking about the Four Horsemen and you're talking about death and stuff, and yeah. that just sounds more metal. Yeah, you Four Horsemen's context of that better song. I yeah, mean, it is what it is. I love Megadeth, but you know, yeah. and those first three Megadeth albums—that's Metallica and Megadeth—are the same for me in that regard. That I think the first three records are probably their best. You know, yeah. so all right. So, you're number four, right there. I just had a thought. Oh. Not to interrupt you. Oh, sure. Well, all I was saying was trying to like, get But this is an idea. This is an idea for another episode, and it kind of relates. Oh, okay. but, but I think it'd be cool to take the first five Metallica and the first five Megadeth records, and we'll decide which ones we prefer. So, we would oh, start okay. with, like, Killing is My Business versus Kill Em All. Oh, and just Ride do like a yay or nay? Well, just like we would say, like, you would pick Kill em All or Killing Is My Business. Oh, Which okay. one do you think is the better record? Yeah. And then do like Ride the Lightning and Peace Cells. And pick which one's the better album. I know it'd be a pretty cool where we there. would be, but I mean, it would be good to do. We've already done like a Megadeth um, episode. Now we're doing right. Metallica one, so it would kind of be cool to combine It'd be like them. Metallica versus Megadeth, yeah. and we'll just go album by yeah. album. Yeah, okay, yeah. That'd be cool. Yeah, I'm down for that. Yeah. yeah. Well, hot diggity dog. All right. Anyhow, 
back on track. So that was my number four song. I accidentally or um accidentally saw what song you wrote down. Um Oh, that's all, all right. kinda like Is it on slouch. your list? No. Okay, well, we could do a side note here. Yeah. Side note. Because I think All Nightmare Long is probably, in my opinion, the yeah. strongest song on Death Magnetic. I And I forgot how much I dug it till revisiting that the other day. I was like, fuck, I forgot. This song is so fucking good. It is. Like, I like yeah. that record, but... And I like I said, I think it's a really solid album, but that song, to me, is the obvious standout, like great chorus i mean it was in my head yeah. for the next two days you know that album it's like and i've mentioned you know cyanide and then i had the day that never comes and now you mentioned all night um all night Long, and i mentioned unforgiven three those songs are all right in the middle of the album yeah and like i guess where i'm going with that is you can't maybe base love for an album on just specific songs. It's like an album as a whole. Yeah. But those, that album, the middle of that album is like the sweet spot for me. That is like yeah. my Metallica. Like if I would say any, some kind of era of Metallica, if I had to pinpoint something, those four songs are Metallica to me. Like I have an absolute love for those four songs. Huh. And it's hard to like, yeah, like, you know, not have them on there. Yeah. But yeah, what? All Nightmare Long, dude. That song is cool. It is a great song. I think I had a cool video for it, too. I can't remember, but really? I know they had a video. I didn't realize it was, it was like a single. Oh, yeah. That's cool. I think it was just The Day That Never Comes and that song were the only singles. Hmm. Well, on that note, what is your number three? My number three is one that you mentioned, and you're like, I don't need to hear this song again. But it's one. From Injustice for All. I knew it was going to be on your list because yeah. I saw the face you made. Uh, yeah, because it's just something how I've said before. All these songs, like a lot of them on my list, are songs that build up. Right. And that one is like the same. We've even talked about it before earlier songs. Uh, even, what was it? Uh, Fade to Black and like, like Sanitarium. They all seemed like they were kind of building to have the song won. Or whatever, they all kind of built on each other until they hit one. Yeah. And sure, people said that that's when they sold out. People say Metallica sold out at all these different various things. Oh, they had a video, man. That's when they sold out. But it's like one is like they're like I guess War Pigs or something, or like Stairway to Heaven, you know, in terms of being an epic song, I guess. I get it because yeah, because it's epic arrangement. And yeah. Somewhere along the line, I just like fuck i don't need to hear that again i never was that huge of a fan of it i always thought the middle section was great yeah i always thought the beginning was a little i didn't like it as much as sanitarium or fade to black as far as the mellower part goes so i i just never i don't know hmm i don't know kind of was early on it was one of those songs where i was like yeah i don't need to hear this again you know Okay, because I guess I reason. like it, man. They throw it on live albums and stuff, and it's always... I, don't know, it's I mean, so I feel cool. like live, the middle part's always great. Yeah. You know? And, yeah. I get it, you know? But... I guess there's something, too, is, like, all those first albums, they had, like, those themes of, like, casualties of war and stuff, and that seems like that was almost the build-up of all those themes, too, because they don't really have a lot of... Right. 
Except for like Don't Tread on Me. They don't really have any more war songs anymore. Yeah. Yeah, and I think wasn't Fade to Black written about like a book or something? Like a Oh no, that's for whom the bell tolls. Wasn't that Ernest Hemingway? That was. Yeah. I thought Fade to Black was something oh, okay. similar to But it sounds like yeah, it's like a war song thing. Or that's something too. Speaking of like I know this pick was from um, Injustice for All, but there's something I noticed re- like listening to Ride the Lightning this week. So when you think about it, that's a gruesome album. Um, you got a guy trapped under ice, so he's basically <laughs> freezing to death. Then you got Creeping Death, which is like a plague, you know, a biblical plague. Then you got like, you know, a guy getting electrocuted and Ride the Lightning. So every song is like a death song or something. Somebody's dying. That's what song. makes it great, man. Yeah, it's a gruesome. Well, and I think, you know, speaking of these ballads, quote unquote ballads, Fade yeah. to Black, Sanitarium, One, man, they kind of created that whole formula that yeah, every yeah. band in the 90s stuck to where it was like, singing a soft verse, chorus, fuck, <laughs> blah, you know, like, I mean, that was... Because that was, if you think about the '90s bands, like that, all of a sudden became this thing, and and yeah, like maybe like what the Cemetery early two thousands and stuff, or yeah. like this love, this love. That's what you just yeah. remember doing that. <laughs> but it's funny because I can remember all the people that would be like, "That's so cool," because it's like he's singing and he's singing and he's singing, then he's screaming and then he's singing. He's really in his feelings he's singing, there, <laughs> and then he's screaming. So fucking cool, man! How it goes from like singing to screaming. <laughs> <laughs> and then that's what every fucking metal band did for 30 years after that <laughs> you know oh I can sing oh! <laughs> yeah. it's like god damn it I'm fucking tired of it now I just want every metal band to scream I don't want anybody to sing anymore yeah. <laughs> so fucking tired of it isn't it cool isn't it cool how they do that they got that dynamic yeah it was yeah. the first couple times now I don't fucking need it, if I'm being honest. But fuck you, Metallica, you ruined it. Yeah, well they did. <laughs> they well they created that. Yeah. That eventually ruined it. All right. Well, what's your number three? Number three. Okay. So, back to the live thing. I feel like this song was really fucking awesome when we saw them live. I don't know if you remember, but they opened with it, and it's just one of those songs where. As much as I dug it before, ever since seeing it live in person, it just was like fuck, 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 fuck. Don't specifically remember, but I think I think I know what they opened with. Battery. Oh, yeah. I was thinking it was blackened for some reason. No, nah, they opened with battery. I remember it like fucking. God, it was so good because it came just walking out yeah. to the intro. The like you know clean yeah. acoustic guitar thing or whatever intro. So they came walking out to that and then got on stage and just fucking kicked into it. And I don't know, man. That song's just, just do this with my fist. It yeah. just does that the whole fucking time. It doesn't give a fuck. You know? Doesn't All sing. I'm thinking of is like St. Anger from that show. And <laughs> now I'm pissed off. So I don't remember anything cool from <laughs> All it. you remember <laughs> is how your lifestyle determines your death style. <laughs> yeah. No, nah, dude, that was a really cool show, though. I mean, I didn't want to yeah. go. I was like, fuck it, that record's stupid, I'm not even going to go. And then, last minute, I think day of, fucking Whitey, yeah. John calls me up, hey, you want to go see Metallica tonight? 
Okay. Because tickets were like 80 bucks, which at the time, because that was a long time ago, yeah. that was fucking expensive. I was like, dude, I can't. I'm not going to spend $80 to go see these dickheads when they put out a record that <laughs> sucks that bad, you know? <laughs> it was such a cool show, actually. They were so fucking good. Even back then, at this point, this was close to 20 years ago, right? It was 2004, yeah. yeah so it's so like 18. 18 yeah, because it was before me and Courtney were together. I know that. Um, Dude, you're going to punch me in the face for this. Well, maybe not, but some people might want to punch me in the face, but... I can't. Punch. I had opportunity, I guess, to meet Metallica on that tour, and I didn't. I turned it down. Why? Well, here's the story. I I I kick myself for this. For There's eight, a girl involved, eight. isn't there? Yeah. Well, oh, I fucking well, a it. girl and my sister. All right, <laughs> oh, because okay. at the time, how you're saying the tickets were eighty bucks. My right. sister, she was the opposite of me back in the day. She used to, if she got money for Christmas or her birthday, she would hoard the money. Oh, smart. Yeah, so she would always hoard the money, and my aunt's husband at the time, uh, named Rob, he would make a joke. It was the first bank of Amy, because she would, like, save up all this money or whatever, and she would never spend it. Like, I'm like, okay, I get money for something. I'm like, fuck, dude, I want to buy this wrestling uh, event, or I want to buy a Metallica CD or something. So I was opposite. Money was burning a hole in my pocket. So my sister... Um, at the time, the tickets went on sale like way in advance or something. Like I think that was something too. Usually, if they um, a concert gets announced, it's like okay, they announce it February and it's in March. This was the first time that I think it was something where the show was in August and they announced it in December and tickets went on sale. It's like I didn't have money at the time, so my sister, she said she'd buy the tickets for me and my girlfriend and her, and I was like, sure, like. Um, so we were going to pay her back, and we paid her back, but I felt like I owed this to her where – here's where I'm going with this. Bayhand called me up, like, you know, a few weeks before the show, and he was like, hey, like, we got opportunity to meet Metallica. We're going to be hanging out backstage before the show, but we don't know the exact time we're going to meet them, but we're going to get there at, like, 3.30, and you can hang out with Kev the Flying Hawaiian in the hallway or whatever, and then we'll get to, uh, get to go meet Metallica. So I really wanted to meet them, but it was up in the air of what the time was going to be. And my sister, she was like 14 or 15. She was a freshman in high school, and she had a tennis match before the show. And then my girlfriend, she was a year younger than me. I think she was like 18 or 19. So I felt like I was responsible for taking them to the show. And I was like, I don't want to be there and then have my dad or whoever drop them off or they just ride together and then meeting up. I'm like... I felt like I owed it to my sister or something right. to take her to the Since show. Since it was your sister, I'll, yeah. I'll let it slide. So then even I remember this too. I I turned Bayhan down and I just said no. And and then Anna, she actually called me like a half hour later and was like, what, you're not meeting Metallica? And I'm like, uh, no. And she's like, well, I want you to have mine. And she actually <laughs> offered me her like backstage pass because – she didn't know why I turned it down, or she just, you know, was like, hey, you're always wearing a Metallica hat. You need to go back there. And I'm like, like, I can't. I owe it to my sister. So. If it makes you feel any better, I don't know that I get But now that. I hate my sister. So I, now I'm like, fuck you. I could have met Metallica, but I hate you. No, I don't. I don't know that I give, I'd give that much of a fuck about meeting Metallica, yeah. if I'm being honest. 
I don't really get a big fucking boner over yeah. meeting, meeting bands and meeting celebrities. Or like, it probably wouldn't be what I imagine it to be either. Yeah. It would just be like a, hey, boom, fist well, bump, and it's, it's over. it's cool it's when like, it's cool, but when it's like some forced thing where it's like, you know. Yeah. It's not that cool. Like, if they don't want to hang out with you, it's not that cool. I've had yeah. moments where I've met people that I was a fan of, and it wasn't cool. And then there was moments where it was, like, surprisingly cool. I hung out with them. Yeah. Drank a beer with them. Shot the shit. And it was just, like, two guys hanging out, and it was cool. That's cool. Yeah. But, like, when it's awkward, like, they're, they owe you something. They, you know what I mean? Like, they feel like they owe you something. Like, they feel like they have to, like... Yeah, because now that I've done it Humor enough times or, through the yeah. radio station and even with Bob and then the shows in Pekin, like sometimes you can tell, or I mean, you can tell when it's more genuine versus when it's not. Sometimes sure. you're like herded like cattle, and, yeah. you know, and it and just seems like. And then you almost feel bad for them. Like, yeah, because it's like they just have to do it for whatever reason. Yeah. And it's like maybe it's like the record label or like yeah. the promoter did it. Yeah, that shit's never Or cool. something. I mean, yeah, so it's like. Yeah. yeah, I almost don't really want to meet man. people anymore just because I know it's not going to be. It's cool when it happens like, kind of organically. Yeah. It's, you know, like, I mean, I've met and hung out with John Karabi a couple times now, and it was super cool. I mean, he was just a really cool guy. It was laid back. He's yeah, because you don't know. He's he, not a huge yeah, rock he star. He doesn't have to come out and drink at the bar with people. Yeah. He could just leave right after the thing. Like Lita Ford, didn't she just leave right when it was over? Yeah. She just took off and you're peeing. I'm peeing in front of her car. Yeah, that was cool. I showed Lita Ford my dick. Not really. Maybe that's why she did pull Not off really. Yeah, she, 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 get out of here. She was scared. I'm gone. Some guy whipped his dick out in an alley. She didn't see it. So <laughs> she was on her phone. But. Taking a video of me. Look at this asshole. <laughs> this guy just opened for me, and he's taking a piss in front of my car. I didn't know she was in the fucking car. I just want to throw that out there. But no, good times. But All anyhow. right, now I, I took it off the rail, and then Lita Ford took it even more yeah, off the rail. Yeah, we could just... I don't even know where we're we'd at. We'd have a whole episode talking about stuff like that. But uh, Your number two? Or did you already do your three? I did my three. Three was one, and your three was battery. Yeah. So your number two. My number two. Getting down to the goodens. Now this one's from Master of Puppets. But I don't think it's what you're thinking it is, because you were like, ooh. My number two is from Master of Puppets, but it's Orion. Wow. I was going to make, I was going to say that as a joke. Oh, really? Just because, well, just because I didn't think that that would be your pick cool i was listening to it last yeah. night and it was like fuck yeah fuck, i love this but you know that's yeah. an interesting pick though to have a instrumental like that on there so um i don't know i just it also like some of the other ones i picked it goes back to the out or the uh, live album in the movie through the never they played that during uh the ending credits hmm. and like i think at the time that song never stood out to me on that album because of like battery and like the thing that should not be. And you know, there's so many strong songs on oh, there yeah. that then when I'm sitting there during the movie watching this in the theater and they're doing that song, I'm like, I forgot about that song. Fuck, that's awesome. And it's like, one thing is like, I guess with Metallica, they don't always have strong lyrics. I mean, I mentioned some of my previous picks might have had some stronger lyrics, but you don't really go to Metallica. For, for lyrics. their lyrics. Right. You go to it for the riffs 
and like getting pumped up and like you know the just the music of it sure. so this is all music and it's just fucking cool this song takes you on a ride right so no i get it man i remember i learned how to play this years ago uh, the whole thing? No, not the whole thing. <laughs> I'll go. Like I said before, I'd always just kind of learn the main thing, right? But I can remember learning that main lick and having kind of these cool yeah. inverted chords in there and shit. And I'd sit there and fucking show it to my friends, like, look what I learned. And they're like, yeah. oh shit, that's Ryan. It's like, yeah, yeah I know. Yeah. I'm 15 <laughs> and I talk like this, dude. Uh, it was fun. It was super fun. I like that song. Yeah, I guess I just wouldn't have thought to put a instrumental on there. At well, because two, when you think of Metallica, it's way up there. You I think get of it. the music. It's just fucking killer. You made a cooler move than I did. And then uh, my sister, though, I mentioned my sister, and I'm like, I hate my sister. No, like I really don't hate my yeah, sister. You don't hate his but, sister. That'd be uh, my nephew. Um, his name's Abraham, but his middle name is Orion. So when she told yeah. me the middle name, I instantly thought of the Metallica a song too, and I was like, that's cool. You should almost just. Put his first name Orion instead of his middle name. Maybe like you should just move. call him Orion. <laughs> yeah. Look, I know what your name is, but I'm not going to call you that. Yeah. I'm going to call you by. Oh, and Orion. his birthday's tomorrow too. Well, happy birthday, Orion. Yeah. See, I'm starting it. We're calling yeah. him that Orion. Already forgot your first name. <laughs> yeah. All right, man. What's your number two? My number two to me, as far as the big. Metallica arrangements where you've got all the different parts. This mm. is the song where they perfected it. This is the perfect hmm. Metallica song in the sense of having this big arrangement that starts off with verse and chorus and then breaks into this other thing and then comes back. It explodes back. and then... Yeah, you know, like, fuck. Huh. And it's some of the coolest riffs. I still think it's such a cool fucking riff. Just the opening, dun, 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 like Master of Puppets. Oh, is the all right. Fucking yeah. God damn it, man. How is that not on your list? It might be still. Don't it's not that. actually. It's not it's on my not. list. Man, I mean, twenty years ago. I'm twenty not- years ago, it probably would be, but I think at the point where how you just said it's got all that stuff, I think. It's almost lacking something because how he said one has all that stuff in it and it builds up. I would say master goes in like a V shape, like it's heavy, cools down, and then gets heavy again. I guess I like just the straight. Hmm. Well, I guess to me that's where master is like unique in its way. Yeah, like you know. Yeah, like I'm not saying it's a bad song. It's probably being like my top fifteen. Yeah. Yeah. Dude, it's one of the songs I was going to say like 20 years ago, it probably wouldn't have been on my list at all. It's just because oh, like really? I got, there was a point where I was almost like tired of it or something. You know, because it was just like, maybe what like you think of Enter Sandman, I think a master of puppets or something. I'm like, man, this right. is so like played out or everybody's. I like, always thought it was played out and yeah, it was overplayed and yada, yada, yada. But dude, I would say over the last few years, I hit, it's just crept its way back into my huh. fucking favorites list to the point of being like, I just every once in a while, I'm just a Metallica I, I listen to it and I go, "Fuck, man, this is so fucking good!" Like it's yeah. so fucking good, and it's them at their best of doing every little fucking thing they do. Yeah. I I don't know. <laughs> it's not my number one. Yeah, yeah. Like now I'm. You I think I get shocked? Ex- what? No- 
Yeah, like our number ones are. Maybe they're the same. I don't. I, well, I don't know. I don't know because like there's so many things to choose, but like usually I, people say masters are number ones, and you're saying it's like a melting pot of all the parts. So what's? I'll say mine. I'll just give this away. My number one to me didn't take any thinking. Oh. The minute we talked about this, it was like, like any day of the week. That's my favorite Metallica well, song. Well, then I'll just do my number one. You just do your number one. You're, you're not, nobody's going to expect this one, and I didn't even expect this one to just be like. From you or? The Metallica. I did not expect to love this song as much as I do. But now. Was this a recent revelation? Yes. Here, and I'll here I'll say why. My number one is from Ride the Lightning. And why it made my list is because when S&M 2 came out last year, the song just fucking, like, fucking blew my mind. I wish you could see how intense Andy's face is. So I'm just it is s- Call of Cthulhu. Oh, really? Yeah, so it's another instrumental. Another instrumental. <laughs> it's another instrumental. But it's what I want out of Metallica. And when I heard this song, I, love I had song. my earbuds Don't get me in. wrong. That's their best instrumental yeah. ever. So. so I had my earbuds in. I fucking got goosebumps because... You know, the song, I guess, already has these, like, arrangements or whatever. But it seemed like they built it for the symphony or something. Yeah. And the symphony with the song is just fucking, like, it sounds like, I wrote this down. It sounds like hell on earth. It sounds like nightmarish. And, like, so I'm at work, and I'm hearing this song, and I'm getting goosebumps. And I'm like, this song's like the song to the apocalypse. And then I started thinking about how Ghostbusters were. They're like... The sea's going to boil with, or whatever. It's (laughs) it's biblical. You know, it's biblical. And then cats and dogs living together. Mass hysteria. That's what that song, it conjures up all this Ah, shit. And it just. I got to listen to it now. I'm even getting goosebumps right now. I didn't listen to, uh, I haven't heard S&M 2, but I saw that it was on YouTube. And I almost watched it this morning. But I just wasn't really like in the mood to sit and watch like a two hour concert i didn't have quite that much time because i wanted to get a workout in run to the liquor store get dressed yeah have clothes on when you got here and (laughs) be ready to do this thing so no now i'm excited to watch it and i had no idea that this existed but there's a rock instrumental grammy category or at least there was and in 2001 uh call of cthulhu from snm1 like won the Grammy for rock instrumental performance hmm. or something. And now the category doesn't exist, but it was around for like 20 years, but it's mostly just blues. Like I think it said uh, something like Jeff Beck won the award six times. Mm. And then like uh, Stevie Ray Vaughan was nominated in the eighties, but it's all basically blues. And then Metallica. Well, that's pretty crazy. But yeah. I was like, yeah, like I didn't even know that a, a category existed. It's the one they never show. Like they <laughs> never air it. You know? Yeah. <laughs> Kind of like now. Yeah. It's nothing but like pop and hip hop. Yeah. And country. And there's like no rock ever. They don't. The stuff, the. There are. Uh, yeah, they just given out. The or something. But they don't fucking show. They don't air it. Yeah. All right. You're number one. My number one. Uh, but I think I know what it is. <laughs> but I don't want to say it because when I said Ride the Lightning, you looked at me like you're like, oh my God, I know what song. And there's like only one song I haven't said yeah. off of Ride the Lightning. Um, Escape? No. 
You say it. Do you know what it is or Creeping Death? Yeah, that one. it is yeah. Creeping Death. To me, it's the perfect Metallica yeah. song. A, it's about death. Yeah, it's gruesome. <laughs> B, it fucking rips. Yeah. You know, it's got like it just. Yeah, and then it's got, but then the whole breakdown in the middle. Yeah. Where it just shifts into that, dah, yeah, and then you can shout like, dah. Yeah. and when you see it live, and they're like, die, die, you know, and then like, <laughs> there's some live performances. I remember like Jason Newstead screaming the backing part. He's like, die, motherfucker, die. There's like a part on one live version I remember seeing where he did that, and it just is like. Ah, yeah, you know, it makes beat you beat your chest. Yeah, <gasps> yeah, like veins popping out of your head, and your <laughs> yeah. neck, and you're beating your chest, and ah, god damn it, just a fucking awesome song. Yeah. It really is. I mean, every time I hear it, I'm just like, you know, just when it kicks in yeah. with that dude, just like, oh fuck yeah, you know. I mean, that's it is the perfect Metallica yeah. song. And it's not long, like the arrangement's not. It's a good arrangement without being too over the top. You know, like there's, you know, it has that shift where it goes into this whole other part, but like not to where it almost loses you. It's not too fucking long. It doesn't, there's never a moment where you're like, ah, fuck, come on, get on with it. Just get back to the chorus or, you know what I mean? Like. I said with Justice for All earlier, like, yeah, it's a cool arrangement, but there's moments where you're like, okay, wrap it up. Let's go. This one's a good yeah. quick hitter. Like, it's a good arrangement without fucking taking 10 minutes to yeah. get there, you know? I want to so. say, too, I think, don't quote me on this, but I think it might be one of the first songs to be uh, credited to <laughs> all four of the guys, the four being uh, Kirk Hammett, Cliff. Oh, yeah. Lars and James, because before, like we said, Kill 'em All, um, it didn't really have any Kirk Hammond on there. It had a lot of Dave. Right. And then Ride the Lightning still had some Dave, but I think this was the first time they all had. Like, I think Creeping Death was the one where all four of them had a part in it. Because hmm. I think Dave, Dave is credited to Cthulhu and Ride. Yeah. yeah. I was like the single, thing. like the there was the Creeping Death... Yeah, single, uh, LP or you know, yeah, or LP, picture disc the, thing the, or something. Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, back in the day, I don't know if the original was a picture disc. They probably have a picture disc version. I don't know, yeah. but <clears throat> but it was like the skull, like stone, like it was almost like a mountain shaped like skull, Castle Gray skull, basically. Yeah, like it looks like some <laughs> rainbow album it, or yeah, something. Yeah, and then it had like that weird like like a path. Yeah, out of stone and yeah, it was. Yeah, it, I'm trying to say what I'm picturing in my head, but without it in front yeah, of Yeah, I'm picturing it because it's all green and, like, blue and stuff. Yeah, and it, it looked a lot different than the other Metallica stuff. Yeah. And like you said, yeah, it's almost kind of like a rainbow or Dio type of yeah, it's some, thing. Something yeah. more, uh, I don't know. Spooky. It was cool. Yeah. But. Creeping death. But, yeah, that was my number one. Without a doubt. Damn, you had a good list. Thank you. Yeah. Very proud of it, as if I wrote them myself. Yeah, like mine's all like black album and shit like that. <laughs> you surprised me. You always yeah. throw the most weird curveballs. Like, weird to have the has instru- two- it's weird to have two instrumentals like at the top of the list, but I don't know, man. It was like 
those two songs, it's like like we we're saying, when you hear Metallica, you want to hear the fucking like, dude, you want to like bang your head or something. And I want to hear the fucking. That's all I heard out of that. I just want to yeah. hear the fucking Metallica. Yeah. So so it's like I want the arrangements and I want the, you know. I feel you. I want goosebumps or I want to be spooked. <laughs> I want to be spooked. Well, I think this was a pretty long episode anyhow. So we had a lot to say, a lot to babble about. We got hey, on course a couple times. Yeah. So This was a fun one, yeah. Yeah. Well, all I can say is thanks for listening and until next time. <laughs> In this case.